radio recently, at least on our local station, there's been a, a rather uh, aggressive campaign to encourage adopting shelter pets. A uh, lot of, uh, of merit and advantage, we are told, if you go out and adopt a pet from one of the animal shelters nearby. And so the adoption of a pet, you'll be glad to do that if you do. At least that's what they're telling us in that ad campaign. Well, that may very well be the case, but I would argue that adopting a pet can't possibly compare to the idea of adopting a child. The adoption of a child into your family is a selfless, uh, compassionate, caring, loving act and certainly highly to be commended. We have some of our number here who are adoptive parents and we admire you for that and commend you. The very idea of adoption, that's really what we want to talk about this morning in our lesson. Wait, you didn't bring my thing back. Well, it's in there, it's just not going to work. Uh, let me do it this way. There we go. Well, we want to, we want to talk about adoption this morning uh, and really deal with it from a spiritual perspective because that's the way it is described in the Word of God and there's some real things to learn from that. And so we're going to talk about adoption. Before we get to that, though, we stop to say thank you for being present on this very beautiful Sunday morning in Middle Tennessee. We're glad that you are here. We're glad that we have an opportunity to join together in the worship of God. Uh, we pray that He will be glorified by the things we do together this morning. We pray that all of us will be edified by that. We have visitors with us today. We're glad that you have come our way. Uh, we hope that uh, you'll come again every time you have a chance. And if you have questions about what you see or hear during the service this morning, please ask us those questions. We'll try to give you a Bible answer uh, for those questions. Again, we thank you for being here. Let's talk about adoption. What we're talking about here is what is not what usually comes to mind. If you were to mention the topic of adoption, I think almost everybody would automatically think uh, a parent who goes out and adopts a child that, is, that doesn't have, uh, is not being cared for, or maybe some circumstance has made it so that that child must be put up for adoption. That's what we would normally think about. But what we're talking about this morning in our lesson is what God has done for us all who are Christians. Through His Son, Jesus Christ, God has adopted us into His spiritual family. Uh, we're going to try to show that there are some direct and powerful parallels to what we commonly think of adoption, parents adopting a child. The idea of God adopting us is certainly parallel to that, and there's a lot of powerful connections. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, it says, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, that we might receive the adoption of sons. You see that very language is used in the Scriptures. And again in the text that Gage read for us earlier from Romans chapter 8, beginning verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but ye have received the spirit of, there it is again, ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so, this adoption, uh, what are some of the things that we can gain from considering the notion of adoption and that God has adopted us? Well, as I said, I think there are a lot of things that sort of lay down in parallel in these concepts. First of all, 
you would have to agree with me that when parents adopt a child, they're bestowing, certainly bestowing a favor upon that child. Having a child is a very special thing, uh, and the, the Word of God describes that. I think a familiar text to us is Psalm 127, verse 3, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, it says. And so the Scriptures describe, and many of us would uh, confirm by our own experience, that having children is a very special thing. But adopting a child is special in its own way. Having a natural-born child, very special. Adopting a child is special uh, in, in even a, a more distinct way, perhaps. Because in the case of adopting a child... There's a direct choice of the child to bring that child into your family. Uh, typically, uh, when you do that, you are relieving a situation where the child couldn't be or wouldn't be loved and cared for unless they were adopted, right? And so the choice to bring that child into your family, a child that was in need of that special caring relationship to have it established by an adoptive parent parents who make parents are the ones who make that choice and the children that are chosen in that adoption process certainly reap great benefits as a result from it and so again we can see that certainly when parents adopt a child they're showing a special favor toward that child it's that way spiritually as well in first john chapter 3 beginning verse 1 John says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Concentrate upon that first phrase for a minute. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called uh, the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The whole idea of anticipating eternity, I think, is what John has in view there. And we can anticipate it uh, with great hope because God has bestowed a tremendous manner of love upon us, calling us the very sons of God. We've been specially loved, blessed by God. Those of us who are, are, are Christians, uh, He chose us in this, uh, we benefit by virtue of what he has chosen to do. So just as adoptive parents show favor on the child they adopt, God has shown favor on us all, certainly, by adopting us into his family through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. For all who are Christians, we are the beneficiaries of great blessings from him. Now, we know that in order to adopt a child, if you were going to go out and adopt a child, you have to go through a... a quite rigorous uh, legal process in order to do that. I, I, I was looking uh, and actually found a listing, and I printed it out just for point of reference, 28 pages, Tennessee Code annotated as to what it is required if you want to adopt a child in Tennessee. There are a lot, I mean, 28 pages of fine print there of rules and regulations that you have to observe if you want to adopt a child. Now, if you were going to adopt a child, do you think that you'd want to follow those rules carefully? Oh, yeah, right? You, you would want to follow those rules very carefully because you wouldn't want the thing to sort of, the, the whole situation to 
fall apart or collapse because you didn't follow specific rules that you should have been following. I suppose even if you didn't, if you didn't follow the rules for adoption carefully, someone might come along and accuse you of even kidnapping. You've taken this child, but you have no right to this child. What are you, you're a kidnapper. No, I adopted this child. How do you prove that you adopted the child? Well, because you follow the rules, right? You, you com- complied with all of the regulations. There are a lot of rules and laws that have to be followed if you want to adopt a child. Well, again, we're just trying to draw these direct parallels. Uh, God's law is also very strict about what must be done if we are to be adopted by Him. Look in Galatians chapter 3, uh, beginning verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Stop there for a minute. We're the children of God. Well, how so? Well, because we've been adopted by Him, right? How did that adoption take place? For as many as you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We're the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And that's accomplished by following the law, right? Including baptized into Christ. Uh, to put on Christ. Just a sort of a side note here. Uh, someone might say, well, I don't think baptism is all that important, is it? Being baptized is not essential, is it? Well, this passage, and of course a whole host of others, would say, yes, it absolutely is. Here, being baptized is connected with becoming a child of God, following the rules, obeying the laws, absolutely necessary. So, just as it would be the case if you were to want to adopt a child into your family, you've got you to gotta do all the legal necessities. So it is if you want to be a child of God. You have to follow the rules. The law has to be complied with. Then, of course, when, when the adoption takes place, the child receives the family name. In very simplest terms, this is what happens with adoption, right? This child who was not related to us before, we decided to adopt him into our family. Now the child wears our family name. That's what adoption is, right? Uh, you wouldn't do this to just a stranger out there on the street. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just meet some stranger walking down the, the road and say, I want to give you my family name. You, know, you don't do that, right? Uh, uh, this sharing of family name is a significant thing, right? And so when a, a, a parent adopts a child and shares with that child the family name, that's very special. Well, uh, in the same sense, we wear the name of Christ. We have a family name. In 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning verse 15, let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. When you identify yourself as a Christian, uh, when you call yourself that or when others call you by that name, you are actually wearing the family name, the name that has been given to you because you have been adopted by God. This, of course, in First Peter chapter 4, uh, is one of just three places where that name is mentioned uh, in the Scripture, the, the name Christian. But in James chapter 2, verse 7, where we were studying in our class here this morning in the auditorium, uh, notice it's called a worthy name. Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called. Here he's talking about some who had been suffering oppression. Uh, they And those who were oppressing them were blaspheming 
what James identified as a worthy name that they were wearing. A lot of times parents uh, advise their children, be careful how you act. Be careful where you go and what you do, the people you associate with, because you don't want to, be, you don't want to bring any shame to the family name, right? Well, we ought to think the same way spiritually. Uh, we're called uh, by the family name. And we should live in such a fashion that we bring honor and glory to that name, not shame and reproach. So, the child receives the family name, but and also the child then becomes entitled not just to wear the name, but also have all the privileges of a member of the family. How would you take this? What would you think if you knew a situation where some parents adopted a child, uh, but they would not grant the privileges of family to that child. Maybe, maybe they had some natural-born children and they adopted this child into their family, and they treated the adopted child way different than they treated their other children. Didn't didn't give them the same privileges. Didn't let them do the same things. Didn't give them the same advantages. Well, you'd think pretty badly of a parent like that, right? who would not give the adopted children the rights of family membership, uh, we'd say, well, why did those people adopt that child anyway? Were they, were they looking for a slave or a servant, or did they want a child? If, if they're adopting a child, they ought to treat the child like a, a child. Well, God is not like that either, right? Uh, God uh, is one who has loved us, chosen us, adopted us, and provides us with the abundant privileges of being in his family. Another place where this term adoption is used is in Ephesians chapter 1. In Ephesians chapter 1, beginning verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, having predestined us unto the adoption of the children, to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself. Well, the first thing that we want you to note here is, is that, we are, uh, that we are called the children of God by adoption. That's the whole concept that we're trying to develop here. But the idea of when you're adopted you're able to enjoy the privileges of being in the family. Well, he mentions that in this text. He talks about all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. So that, so that sort of covers it all, right? Because we're adopted, we enjoy all spiritual blessings. But then he even enumerates what some of those are. He's made us accepted in the blood. We have redemption through His blood. We have the forgiveness of sins. He's made known to us the mystery of His will. Uh, those are some of the specifics that he talked about in general when he said all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And then he mentioned some of those specifically. But all of those things are privileges, advantages that we have because we are in the family of God. Uh, we should be really grateful for that. And if we are grateful for that, then it's going to manifest itself in the way that we live. So... The child not only wears the name, the child benefits or has the privileges of family. But now there's another, there's another side to that coin. 
You get the privileges. If you're adopted into a family, you get the privileges of being in that family. But you've got to comply with the family rules too, right? So you get the name, you have the privileges, but you have to do something as well. If you're the adopted child, you have to comply with the rules. I think this is an expected reality. If you were to welcome a child into your family, uh, you would think that that child would react by respecting you and respecting the authority of the adoptive parents. Uh, a rebellious child is, is, is always a shameful thing, but you'd think it'd be particularly shameful to have a, an adopted child who rebelled against parents and showed no respect for the parents. An adopted child should be especially grateful and demonstrate that by being humble and obedient. Make the connection spiritually. In 1 John chapter 3, beginning verse 1, Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Why do we have that hope in us? Well, because we've been adopted, right? And so we purify ourselves even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is transgression of the law. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God. So, he's talking here about... Uh, wait a minute, I've got the wrong scripture up, don't I? That didn't, that didn't go to the text I wanted. That's the text I wanted right there. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, here he talks about transgressing the law. He talks about uh, those who are especially this last phrase, the children of God are manifest. In other words, the children of God are shown, are made known by their obedience. Uh, if you do righteousness, you are the children of God. That's the idea. We're children of God by adoption, uh, but that adoptive process then requires us to do righteousness and manifest the, the fact that we are the children of God. Because if we don't do righteousness, we show that we are children of the devil rather than children of God. Very simply put, Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. We should love the Lord for adopting us. We should show it by our obedience. And again, this is a, another parallel that we're trying to draw to the, the idea of physical adoption. We're trying to make the connection to the idea that God has spiritually adopted us. I hope you see the very simple parallels we've tried to draw the adoptive parent is favoring the child. God has favored us. You've got to follow the rules to accomplish adoption. And that's the same thing spiritually. The child gets the family name and the privileges, but he's got to live by the rules of the family. And then finally, let us suggest to you that the child becomes a legal heir of the family. That's really an amazing thing, right? And again, I think this is one of the things that is so commendable when we think about adoptive parents. Because... Adoptive parents are saying, I take this child, I choose this child, I want to bless this child, and when I'm gone, I want to leave an inheritance to this child. If I have other children, maybe natural-born children, this child is going to share in the, in the inheritance like my other children do. That's a very gracious and uh, giving spirit uh, of the one who would adopt. Well, certainly the same thing is true with God that God has made us heirs of the inheritance that He has for those who are His children. Gage started out reading for us Romans 8. We looked at that earlier. 
we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's verses 14 and through 16. But look at the very next verse. In verse 17 there of Romans 8, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be uh, glorified together. Can you really comprehend this? To, to me, this may be one of the most amazing and difficult things to really contemplate. Jesus Christ is God's only begotten Son, right? But here it's said that we are made heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. That God has chosen to bless us in conjunction with His own Son, Jesus Christ. We're joint heirs with Christ. That's hard to comprehend. That's that's truly an amazing thing if you try to deal with it in your mind. Just as in a physical family, uh, the adopted child shares with the natural children in the inheritance, so it is with God in regards of His adoption toward us. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-4, through 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Notice, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Uh, we have an inheritance. We have this great eternal inheritance which God has promised to us. Uh, it comes to us not because uh, of, of our merit, but because He chose us and adopted us into His family. Uh, through the blood of His own Son, Jesus Christ, He redeemed us. He bought us. He forgave us. He brought us into His family to have these eternal blessings. So, pretty simple idea, right? You have to agree. But the New Testament uses this concept of adoption. Like so many things, the Scripture uses things that we can relate to in the physical world and shows us how that there's a spiritual parallel to that. As we started out saying, I think it's really a commendable thing when you think of parents who would adopt a child. It's a selfless act, a giving and caring act, when a parent would adopt a child into their family. If we can grasp that, and I think we can, then we ought to have just an inkling of how great it is that God has adopted us through His Son, Jesus Christ. We ought to be grateful for that. We ought to think about that. Uh, we ought to be uh, prayerfully thankful for what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus as we bring the lesson to a close, we're going to sing a song of invitation. But as we sing this, it should really cause us to think this idea of adoption. If you're not yet a Christian, then you are out there in the world. You're sort of an orphan in the world. You have not been, a, if anything, you're a child of the devil if you're not a child of God. But God has made it possible for you to be adopted into His family. That's an amazing thing. He's made that choice, but you've got to react to it. You've got to obey the law. You, you've got to follow the rules. Uh, in order to become a child of God, very simply, the plan of salvation. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized for the remission of sins. Have you done that? Have you been adopted into God's family? If not, you need to make that decision without delay. We'd be glad to assist you today. We'd be glad to study with you more if you have questions. If you're a child of God already, now think about this. If you're a child of God, but you've been rebellious against your father who loved you and adopted you, you've been rebellious and, and, and turned away from him and 
and neglected to do His will in your life, that's a pretty horrible situation to be in. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how, you, how an adoptive parent would feel if the child they adopted turned their back? Think how God must feel if you, His adopted child as a Christian, have turned your back and not been faithfully serving Him. What a desperate situation to be in. In that. Stop that. Correct that. Repent. Come back to Him in confession and prayer. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song.